I love picking people up at the airport. Sure, it's a bit of a hassle to get there, especially in Bay Area traffic, but the reward is always worth it. This past week, as I waited for a friend to arrive, I stood back and watched the others around me. The joyful reunion of loved ones reminds me of the opening monologue of one of my favorite movies, Love Actually. Hugh Grant's voice plays over a scene in Heathrow Airport. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, he says, I think about the arrival state. General opinions starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed, but I don't see that. It seems to me that love is everywhere. This summer, while I was away from St. Paul's, I completed one unit of clinical pastoral education, or CPE as it's known among us who love to use acronyms. It's required for the ordination process, and you can find it in a little box on a flowchart on the diocesan website. What the sterile acronym and the flowchart don't convey is what an incredibly messy and holy and difficult and beautiful thing hospital chaplaincy is. I had the privilege of witnessing so much love in the face of heartache and pain. I also wrestled with the discomfort of sitting with people when the absence of love was so palpable in the room, where their social and spiritual isolation left me with questions and my own heartache. Overwhelmingly though, the experience left me in agreement with Hugh Grant's character in Love Actually. Love is everywhere. I imagine many of us here today are familiar with the parables Jesus tells in Luke's Gospel this morning. The story of one lost sheep, where the shepherd leaves his flock of 99 behind to search for the one who is missing. When he is reunited with the sheep that wandered away, he rejoices. He's so excited about the reunion, in fact, that he calls all of his friends and neighbors and asks them to share in his joy. And then the story of the lost coin where a woman who has misplaced a valuable piece of silver scours her house to find it. And when it turns up, she calls her friends and neighbors asking them to share in her joy. We are told that both of these scenarios are metaphors for the delight expressed in heaven when one sinner repents. That sounds simple enough, right? Professor of New Testament and Jewish Studies, Amy Jill Levine, says that parables are designed to challenge, to get us to see the world otherwise, to indict us. So if we hear a parable and we think, oh, isn't that special? I really like that. It's so lovely. Then we're probably not listening very well. Our reaction to a parable should be something more along the lines of, 
that makes me a little uncomfortable. Maybe this is a place I need to go. Maybe this is a story I need to hear again. Last week at the garden party, I experienced the joy of reunion with many of you. It was wonderful to be reunited with people and a place that have been so formative for my journey. Two years ago, you welcomed me into this space and I am thrilled to return here for my final year of seminary. I look forward to continuing the relationships we've already established and building relationships with those that I don't know as well. St. Paul's has truly become a home for me, a haven in the middle of an ever-changing world. I'm so glad to be back. But thinking about these parables today, meditating on the parts of Jesus' message that make me uncomfortable, I want to share an aspect of hospital chaplaincy that was really a struggle for me. You see, the shepherd knew the sheep that had wandered off, and the woman knew the value of her misplaced silver. When I got into my car last Saturday night to drive to Benicia, I expected that I would be seeing at least a majority of faces that I already knew. For me, in the hospital, entering a stranger's room was tough. Without a pre-existing relationship, with only the amount of information I'd been given through the computer system or through a referral, my pastoral skills were stretched. I don't know about you, but for me, it's easier to love the people I already know than the ones that are currently strangers. To me, it's the difference between families or friends or lovers reuniting at the arrivals gate at the airport and those who are looking for their name on a sign being held by a driver that they've never met. And, you know, that's me. Maybe that's not the case for you. Maybe based on your life experience, it seems a whole lot easier to love and welcome a stranger than someone you interact with on a daily basis. Jesus tells these parables in response to criticism from folks who were grumbling and complaining that he welcomed sinners and ate with them. If Jesus' message is one of radical welcome and deep respect for the dignity of every human being, regardless of how we might label them, then I believe one of the purposes of these stories about the lost sheep and the lost coin are reminders to us of the inherent worth of each child of God, regardless of how much or how little we individually value the relationship that we have with the other person. I believe Jesus is inviting us to examine the significance we place on every single human life, each one made in the image and likeness of God. In just a minute, I'm going to sit down, and as a community, we will share the bread and wine that unites us with God and with one another. A meal that strengthens us to go out into the world and to be loving, uh, God's loving and welcoming presence in the lives of our neighbors. Those who are known to us and those who are currently strangers. Jesus' invitation to the table, the rejoicing in reunion, 
is a reminder of our inherent worth and the value God places on relationship with each and every one of God's children. I pray today we will each feel the radiance of God's love in our lives and the joy of reunion here at the table and out in the world.